Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long in this beautiful springtime month of April, we are talking about something that's important, money, money matters. Like not only money matters, but money matters to make sure that our money matters. You know, I like to have that kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, a little duality there in, in the dialogue. And my guest is going to talk to us about few things that I think are going to really make you stop and ask some great questions. So Chris Miles considers himself and is known as the cash flow expert and get this one, the anti-financial advisor, which I can't wait to learn more about that because you know that that's going to get us really having some thought-provoking discussions. He's a leading authority teaching entrepreneurs and professionals how to get this, get their money working for them today, not tomorrow, make it work for you today. He's an author, podcast host of the Chris Miles Money Show. He's been featured in US News, CNN Money, uh, EO on EO Fire. Oh, Entrepreneurs on Fire? Oh my gosh. And a proven reputation, I'll have to make sure that that's the case, for, uh, and it has a proven reputation as I'm sputtering over my own words, I'm so excited, with his company, Money Ripples. And what he does there is he helps his clients get fast, life-altering financial results. And believe me, he's got the power behind it because his personal clients have increased their cash flow by, prepare, just hold on, and this might make you want to go and buy a lottery ticket, over $200 million in the last 10 years alone. So Chris, thank you for joining me. Hey, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> I love it. I love reading people's bios because I'm like, there's so many exciting things. And not to toot my own horn, but uh, just two days ago, I got quoted in uh, Yahoo Finance. And uh, anybody oh, nice. who knows me will probably go, how the heck did that happen? You <laughs> <laughs> but I was being quoted on uh, how to negotiate better for salary. So was, oh yeah, I like to make the money, definitely. So Chris, thank you for joining us. It's very nice to have you. Yeah, same here. And your lovely, uh, not for people who are listening, they'll know that I also get to see this, but you have an amazing pink flamingo in the background. <laughs> I love it. It adds all the kind of character to the whole show, but I get hit some of the highlights. Tell us a little bit more about you, your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Yeah. Like you said, I'm, I'm the anti-financial advisor, right? Like I'm, I'm completely <laughs> against the grain of everything you've been told with money. And in fact, it probably drives you nuts if you're like I was, right? Now, I started out about 19 years ago as the mainstream, typical financial advisor, aka salesman in a suit. That's how I started, right? Um, just basically, it came in and told everybody that everybody should be buying mutual funds and invest their money with me. And and I'll tell you, like, uh, this is the early 2000s, right after Y2K and everything, or, or during like 9-11, that, that period of time. And, and I was a few years in, and I remember I had a, a brother-in-law that he was from a family that had just made massive wealth. Like his, his father was a, was a runaway at the age of 16. And by the age of 19, got his own car dealership. This is back in the 1960s. 
And then by 21 became a millionaire, you know, like that's a huge story and an awesome family. And so I knew that if I got in with that family, I had made it as a financial advisor, right? Mm, yeah. So when I finally had that, that confidence, AKA arrogance to uh, <laughs> go meet with them, you know, I, I go sat him down. I sit him down. I give him this nice presentation. I spent, you know, hours on this presentation just for him. You know, yeah. I give him this nice little spiel about why mutual funds are awesome since 2000 BC and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, <laughs> and, uh, and as I get to the end of it, he says, okay, Chris, well, that's a nice, that's a nice little presentation you did there, but so let me, let me get this straight. If I give you $10,000 to play with today, you're saying you can make me 12%, right? I'm like, well, there's no guarantees, but that's what's done forever, right? So yeah, 12%, you know? He's like, okay, Chris, that's 1,200 bucks in a year. But Chris, I can take that same 10,000 bucks, put, you know, put that into my business, you know, buy, you know, basically buy inventory, turn around and sell it to make a $20,000 profit in a couple months. Mm. So why would I invest my money with you? It was like the best question you could possibly ask me because I was like, well, you, you, you should be diversified. You shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Besides, business is risky. You know, of course, I'm in business myself telling him that. Like, I'm a total hypocrite, right? Oh. And, uh, and, and he's like, that's nice. Well, great. Thanks for, thanks for your time. We'll see you later. And he's just sent oh. me with my tail between my legs heading out the door, oh. right? Yeah. Best thing that could have ever happened because I remember asking even the best you know, producers in my office, right? Like, well, what would you have said? They're like, I don't know. That was a pretty good answer. I probably would have said the same thing. I'm like, yeah. well, dang. And then I realized after some time and that experience and some others, I was just a salesman in a suit. I mm. wasn't a financial expert. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And it became really clear when one of my friends who left that business went to become a real estate investor, came back to me a few months later and we're talking, you know, wishing each other Merry Christmas back in 2005, right? And then I'm asking about his life. He's like, it's awesome. My dad and I partnered up. He's doubled his income as a professor at, at the local u- university. We're doing amazing. And I'm like, that's too good to be true, right? You know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And we started arguing about stocks and real estate, what's better. And he finally stopped me and said, Chris, what do you teach your client? Like, what principles are you teaching your clients? Well, like, what, what do you mean by principles? He's like, well, that's part of the problem. Two, how many of your clients are actually financially free? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't worry about money. I said, well, none, because even the retired doctors watch CNN. If you watch CNN, you're going to worry about everything, right? Because exactly. that's just a crazy place to watch. You're, you know you're going to be broke in the next two minutes, yes. You'll be broke easily. Like you'll, you'll basically almost be suicidal after watching any of those kind of news programs, right? And so he's, I'm like, well, none of them are free. He was like, well, good, good job, Chris. That's awesome. Well, how, he's like, how about this, Chris? Because if anybody's got it figured out, it should be you guys. How many of you as financial advisors are free, not off the commissions you're earning, but actually doing the investments you've been recommending to everybody else. Oh. And I thought about it. And I, I knew guys were in the business since the, the late seventies. And I said, none. Oh. And he's like, there's your problem. Yeah. And I said, well, tell me the answer. He's like, I'm not going to tell you the answer. Cause I don't think you'll believe me anyways. And you know, funny, he got me a question. I read some Kiyosaki books, like uh, one that's lesser known, not, not rich dad, poor dad. I read that a couple of times thinking oh, yeah. somehow financial advisors. BS, not way, no way at all. Um, I read another one called Who Took My Money, which is why mutual funds suck, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I got out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't stay in integrity and teach this money stuff that doesn't work. And mm-hmm. so I bailed out March of 2006. I vowed never to teach about money again. I would just do mortgages as a mortgage broker. And then I would teach ballroom dancing because little known fact, I was actually one of the nation's top amateur ballroom dancers in the early 2000s. So oh my gosh. that was in my path. But Again, like I started doing things differently. I started focusing on cash flow, not accumulation. 
And that's when I was able to, actually able to retire and get out of the rat race when I was 28 years old, later that year, in fact. Um, didn't do anything with the stock market, nothing like that. Actually, through stream, streams of income in my business, I was actually able to retire working literally less than a four-hour work week, which is just like you know our friend yeah, Tim, Tim Ferriss. Who, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, actually, I wrote a book with him and John Lee Dumas with Entrepreneur on Fire. We wrote a book called Entrepreneur on Fire together, and and uh, that's part of that. But yeah. Oh, so I was, I was right. You do know him. That's very cool. Yeah. I, I like to I like to brag. I did the four hour work week before Tim figured it out. But I mean, it's probably it's probably pretty close to a tie. But but either way, like that's the that's the thing is like it blew my mind. It was so easy to do and to create that freedom. And 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 that's when I realized doing the traditional mainstream, saving everything, spending nothing, sacrificing and sucking your life away to just put it away in stocks doesn't work. That does not create freedom. And when I got into business. I got in business because I wanted freedom of my time, my money, and and everything, my life, right? I wanted that control and that freedom of my own destiny. And and that's what I've been doing ever since is trying to break that mold and get people out away from that traditional nonsense. Mm-hmm. I actually had a guest on, uh, another guest for this uh, series this month, and he, he has a similar principle. And it was, you know, as I was talking to him, so I've already had my mind blown. So as I'm talking to you now, now it's, I'm able to like comprehend it even deeper, you know, this sense of, you know, being told that your path to your financial freedom is invest in your 401k, don't touch uh-huh. it, don't take it out, add more, you know, and, and all those things are investment, but you always know that there's risk and, but they, they don't, you don't there's that balance of, I'm going to do this because it's less risky, but (laughs) thinking that doing the opposite of that means there's huge risk. And that's, I think, you know, breaking out of that mindset is to realize it doesn't have to be one or the other. One's not risky or, you know, or completely safe. There's, there's balances on all kinds of ways that you use and manage your money. If you really stop and look at it. I'll tell you, it's virtually impossible to retire easily on a 401k, right? Now you can get supplemental income, but it will never get you fully to that goal. At least if you're not trying to live a really cheap, broke lifestyle, because that's what it is. It's like people that are trying to save up, you know, max funding their 401ks. And I've run the numbers over and over, but the truth is if there's inflation, when you start factoring that in as well, the affordability of your life isn't there. The freedom isn't there. And now I'm even a group that talks about, you know, fire financially independent, retire early, right? And they're all about buying Vanguard funds and Fidelity funds and things like that. And I'm telling you, like a lot of them are like, yes, I'm almost there. I'm like, no, you're not. Like you think you're there, but the truth is when you actually try to apply it, it doesn't quite equate. The numbers don't quite work out. Unless of course they're like, yep, I pared down everything. I'm living on a thousand dollars a month, living in Belize. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. That's easy to do, you know, Mm -hmm. but you can't gamble. You really, you're gambling if you're in the stock market. And this is coming from a guy that taught 200 people had to trade stocks and options. I'm like, I, I told them, I'm like, you were not an investor. You were a gambler if you're putting your money in the stock market because it's just not the path to freedom. You cannot li- be free living in fear, knowing that you have no control of your money and what the markets do. If you have no control, there's no freedom possible. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just thinking about, you know, obviously you have the pandemic kind of mm-hmm. changed our economy too. In some ways, yeah. I'm so surprised what didn't change with it. But, you know, prior to that, prior before that, we knew that the world was going to stop turning, you know, we were all preparing for that next recession. And, you know, I know that my husband and I meeting with our financial advisor, you know, you start making decisions, you know, where are you going out of less risk and what is, you know, what are you going to do to navigate that course? And it's, it's, 
you know, it still is that sense of, you know, there'd be times where we're like, okay, but is that the right move you want to make? Do mm-hmm. you need to, um, do you need to pull some more in cash? If so, what are you doing with it? Yeah. And, uh, and it's really caused with my husband and I, some really great dialogues. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty thankful that, you know, we've still been doing very well since, you know, the pandemic, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's really, you're right. If you're only going down one path, you're not accounting for all those other things. And goodness knows that, you know, what goes up must come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to, it just cannot keep going up. It's just not how markets work. And the higher it goes, the harder it falls. That's, that's a mm-hmm. scary part, right? I mean, we are technically in a depression, you know, yeah. we're already in a recession right now. Like nobody's talking about this, right? They're all talking about the stock market's all time highs, Bitcoin's through the roof because Tesla just invested a billion and a half and all this kind of stuff going on. Right. But the truth is, is that everything's based on hopium, right? Like we're just smoking hopium right now. You know, <laughs> we're seriously hoping that every, like the vaccine will cure everything and life will go back to normal. And the truth is, even if it did, which it won't, because it doesn't actually cure anything like vaccines don't cure, it just masks the symptoms. Right. So if it doesn't cure it, we still have to keep, you know, keep all these different, you know, stipulations in place, more mask coverings, different types of ways of doing business that are costly and costing jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. So this stuff is all happening on the surface. Our GDP is down. Like still, it would take years for us to get back to where we were back in 2019. And we're not mm-hmm. even close to that yet. So mm-hmm. we're talking, so we're seeing all this stuff in the markets and all this stuff going on with, you know, GameStop and all that kind of news, right? Yeah. All that stuff is just smoke and mirrors, right? It's yeah. just, and this is why you shouldn't be playing this game because those markets are being manipulated and you have zero say in the matter. You have, and when you have no say, no control, again, you have no freedom, right? And and, and that financial advisors, I'll tell you from my own experience, they're not going to tell you to sell. That it's all. You know, this is always a good time exactly. to buy because the market's going up. They're like, well, it's going up, keep buying. Well, if the market yeah. goes down, they say, well, keep buying because it's on sale, right? It's on sale. Yeah. Exactly. So you have dollar cost average. So no, if it's going, it's the perfect sales pitch. It's it's crap. It's total absolute BS, and we've bought into it as a whole. Well, and I think if anything, um, the the conversations that I have, I think it's it's really honestly been only in the last eight years where I've felt like um, I could have good financial discussions, or at least not yeah. ones that would embarrass me. Um, <laughs> and it, so it's taken me a long time to get there. But I think the whole thing with GameStop was such such a great dialogue because mm. as we watched what happened and we watched the, the, you know, the false manipulate or, you know, the manipulation, the false, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. in, increase, you're just like, you know, that people, at least the people that were driving it up, I, I don't think were losing their life savings. They might've felt like a millionaire for a short period of time, but they knew what they were doing, but what that, but the, what you saw happen to the short sellers was, I mean, just, I mean, they can still handle it. You know, I, yeah. we know that they're making money everywhere they turn around, but mm-hmm. what a perfect example of how it is still just a gambling system. It really is. Yeah. It, yeah. You, you cannot bake your freedom on that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why, I mean, for those of you guys who are in business, like your first and foremost investment should be in your business, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Now here's the warning. Cause, uh, and, and, you know, I have a friend, Mike Michalowicz, right? He talks about profit first. Have you ever heard that concept? He talks about if you keep reinvesting your quote unquote profits into your company, that's not a profit. Right, right. It's just an expense. You're just spending expenses. And what I see is long-term business owners will keep, they'll reinvest. And that's that's necessary early on, but you got to still keep taking money out for you, right? As an individual, you should be becoming wealthy too, not just in your business. 
right. if you keep reinvesting your business, all you're doing is just spending money in the business. And that's a recipe for disaster. And, and then you, you still always say the rest of your life, I'm hustling, right? Yeah. You'll be 80 years old saying you're hustling, you know, and, and that's got to stop. You I know some people are still where, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, it's gotta stop. And I did it too. Like I did it up until about five years ago when it finally clicked again, I was like, I need to get out of this rat race of, you know, keep reinvesting my business, working 60 plus hours a week. And, mm -hmm. uh, and within a year I shifted it to where I was working like 10 hours a week, but I more than doubled my revenue in my business, yeah. but my profit went up like six, seven times. Right. And, uh, just by making those, alter, you know, some of those, you know, I was gonna say altercations, those, uh, making some of those uh, alterations, right? Um, yeah. Some of those slight changes there. I was able to actually, you know, make it work better and, and actually was able to retire and get out of the rat race again for the second time, 2016, you know, and you need that passive income. You need that other stuff to go with it to help you to be free. You know, it's funny you say that too, because I remember, um, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur and mm -hmm. my last company, so I own two now, but my last company that I dissolved um, and then because I was going back into corporate America, I remember having this discussion with my husband where, you know, he was, he's going through the financials, you know, and I'm like, and he's like, so what about this meal and whatever? I'm like, well, you know, it's a business expense. And all of a sudden he goes, okay, I'm not telling you, you can't eat steak while you're traveling for business, uh -huh. but when you own the company, that steak means that you took that, you know, maybe that's 10 pounds of hamburger that you could have had mm -hmm. because <laughs> you, know, you could have paid yourself that difference and had more profit right. in the company that could go to you. And I went, oh, <laughs> 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 you know, one of those light bulb moments where you're like, oh, well, then maybe I should be eating more hamburgers when I'm traveling on my own dime in my own company yep. versus having the steak. Now, when I worked for somebody else and they let me eat the steak, then eat the steak. <laughs> right. It's true. It's, it's, like, it's like stepping over a dollar to pick up a quarter, right? You're like, ooh, I'm going to get that tax savings, that quarter tax savings, but I just spent a dollar to save a quarter, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's not my fault if that company I worked for didn't tell me I shouldn't eat steak. You know, I mean, really. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Well, I want to get more in depth in terms of, of you know, what advice you do give people. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Chris Miles and Chris, we are talking about um, so many great subjects, which I think really come down to people really taking control over their financial situation. And so I've asked all my experts this month to give some top tips about how you think that listeners and viewers can and should be able to manage and take more control of their money and make it work better for them. So, you know, can you share a few key ideas with us? Yeah, I'll share maybe three or so. Um, starting with more foundational, right? This is something I tell everybody, whether you're an individual business owner or otherwise, is first and foremost, you have to be tracking your money. Track what's coming in, track what's going out, right? You know, it's an interesting world because most of the time people think there's just spenders and savers, right? 
spenders is easy because they look they love to look what's coming in, but they ignore what's going out, right? They ignore to see what they're spending. So they don't look at that. But savers are also not free. Savers are hyper-focused on the expenses. They're about being, trying to be cheap, right? They're about not a burger. I'm going for chicken because chicken's cheaper. You're right. Like where's those chicken nuggets? <laughs> I'm going to go to McDonald's instead of, you know, over here, right? McDowell's or whatever. But you know, that's, the, that's the difference is that you try to be so cheap and they focus on expenses, but they forget about increasing the income too. Mm-hmm. A steward does the best of both. A wise steward says, I'm going to look at the income because I want to maximize that because it is unlimited potential there. Well, on the flip side, I'm going to look at my expenses and make sure that I'm being wise with it. I'm not just being reckless. I make sure that I'm spending what it is, but I'm not going to be a cheapskate, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's a key difference because there's abundance there. See, that it has to be an abundance mentality if you want freedom. Savers and spenders are in scarcity because there's never enough, right? There's always that fear. And when there's fear, you can't have freedom, right? Yeah. And so that I think is number one. And, and easy ways to do that. If it's in your business, use QuickBooks. You know, QuickBooks is an easy program to use. There's also zero, like X-E-R-O, you know, zero is another one that's an alternative to QuickBooks you can use and just helps you track your numbers because I'm ambitiously lazy. I like to do things as easily as possible, right? So I love that they download the transactions for me. I have to categorize it, but eventually it memorizes what, like the AI memorizes what you categorize. It says, oh, we've seen that before. That's this category. That's, you know, food or that's, you know, operating expenses or that's this or that, right? It'll, it'll organize it for you so you can just manage it, which is awesome. Um, the similar side on the personal finance side, the similar program would be like Mint. Mint, like M-I-N-T, is a great free program to use. Um, mm-hmm. I've used it for years and it's great for tracking too. But uh, that's the key is tracking it. I recommend at least a couple of times a month, if not weekly. Okay. So that's I, as you're talking about that, I'm making a note because I'm going to tell my son that he needs to start using Mint for his personal. <laughs> it is. Probably and for those that are app, and for those app crazed people, there's, they even have an app. I, I don't ever use the app. I just do the online thing, but you know, you can do that too. So uh, second thing I'd recommend is uh, debt, right? Um, that's mm-hmm. a really interesting topic, especially from personal versus business finance. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you're already in business, business finance is actually more accurate than personal finance. Financial advisors are stupid. Okay, I'll just say it. Like, they're <laughs> they're good salespeople, but they don't have that real life wealth application. Because like in business, we think about debt. We're like, well, yeah, if we can use debt to make more money than it costs us, that's a good investment. Mm-hmm. They don't say that on the personal finance side. They say, oh no, avoid all debt. You know, get pay it all off, get out of it. Which, by the way, it's the banks that taught us to do that. The mm. banks want you to pay off debt as quickly as possible because when you pay them a dollar they illegally could turn around and loan out $10. So every time you pay the extra dollar of principal, you know how they say, hey, bi-weekly payments or pay an extra thousand a month on your mortgage. They mm-hmm. do that because when you pay an extra thousand a month on your mortgage in principal, that allows them to free, free up $10,000 to loan out and make money off of you. So they create mm-hmm. speed. It's acceleration of money, not accumulation. Financial advisors always teach accumulation of money. That's the slow and really hard, risky way of creating wealth acceleration, which can also be applied to business, is the key way to do it. So when you look at debt, don't look at it as evil or bad, but don't look at it as something that you just go hog wild for, right? Because right now there's lots of speculation. There are people going to debt right now to buy Bitcoin and gambling their life away right now. It's not cool. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing is, don't fear it, but do respect debt. It can either help you or hurt you, depending on how wise of a steward you are, coming back to that first point. So when I look at debt, I look at 
all right, if I'm going to get debt, can I make more than the monthly payment from it? So if I use it in my business, I remember my first SBA loan, right? It was $25,000. The payment was $126 a month. Now, if you're in business and you put 25,000 into it, if you cannot make $126 a month, you, you should suck. not be in business. And you should not be in business. You should go get a job way less painful. Not everybody's meant to be in business. Okay. True. That's a good clue right there. If you can't make that money, make more, don't do it. You know, um, same thing on the personal finance side. I love, like I, I got, a, I, when, when COVID was starting to hit, like back in March, I remember seeing the bank's response. I said, I'm seeing 2008 again. I better get my money out. So I actually got a line of credit, home equity line of credit. I pulled all the cash out of it. And yeah, I've got a monthly payment, but what did I do with that cash? I went and I bought residential real estate that mm. cash flows me at least a 12% cash on cash return. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I borrow, let's say it's $50,000, I intend to make $500 a month profit off my mm -hmm. real estate, right? Well, the payment on $50,000 right now, especially with low interest rates, is, is seriously about $150 a month. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so I'm making nice 300 yeah, I'm making $350 a month for free. It's an infinite rate of return, really, because it's not my own money. It's somebody else's money I'm borrowing and doing it, which, by the way, is the same thing the bank does to you. When they take your money into savings, they're not just sitting on it, letting it collect dust and hoping for compound interest. They're saying, thank you so much. Now I'm going to loan out 10 times that amount, right? And they're going to- We're going to give you place. this much and we're mm -hmm. going to get this much. Yeah. Exactly. When's the last time you had a banker call you up and say, you know what, Michael, we've loved the fact that you've invested <laughs> with us you know, put your money in this whopping 0.05% savings account with us. We've appreciated your business over the last few decades, but you know what? Do you see what that's like over time? Like when it compounds, oh, it's horrible. Like we're in trap, <laughs> we're in bondage to you because we're in debt to you because we pay you interest. So we're going to mm. pay all back all your savings. Keep it, take it. We don't want to be in debt to anybody. Imagine <laughs> if a bank did that. You would think they're the dumbest bank in the world. <laughs> Guess what? Everybody's been taught to do that, you know, with our yeah. finances. Why are we doing the dumb thing that we already know businesses and banks have done and leveraged and made massive wealth? You, again, you just have to do it responsibly. So that's the key yeah. thing. Yeah. Very good. So that was the second. Is there a third? Third. Yeah. Third is, is when you've got cash, right? When you've got yeah. profit from your company, like we said, don't keep reinvesting every dollar back in. Keep some for yourself, even money that you say, this is money to create freedom. Here's my goal with everybody, whether you're in business or not, is that you should be able to work because you want to, not because you have to, right? Mm -hmm. You should know and be able to sleep peacefully at night saying, hey, even if I lost my job, I'm okay. Or yeah. even if my business got shut down because it was a non-essential business, for example, mm -hmm. not saying that ever happened to anybody. No, not at all. <laughs> last year. Um, if that happens, you know, we want to make sure that we're still okay, right? Yeah. So, when I talk to people, I want them to get out of that rat race. I want them to have enough passive income that will cover their expenses. That to me is financial independence. Now, financial freedom is way beyond that number, right? That's when you can just do whatever the heck you want. Right. But if you can at least become financially independent where your passive income can now replace your expenses, it can pay all your expenses, whether you make money in your job or your business or not, that's the key goal to get to. And that's, and that's what I was, I've been able to do a few times. Now, if you've got cash, great. Can we put that money to use now? Put it in Bitcoin. No, I would not recommend that. Like I see some people saying I'm free. I put it into Bitcoin and I bought GameStop and I bought this. Like, no, you're not free. You're gambling until the money's out of those places. You're not free. Right. No until the money's actually coming out. You're not free. And so I said, no, it doesn't matter what the number zeros and ones say on a piece of paper or on a, a computer screen. It's about what 
monthly income is actually hitting your pocket. Yeah. And that's why like, I love doing things with real estate, like real estate right now, even if it goes deflationary, which th that's predicted as well, real estate holds great value and can still, in fact, the cash flow will pay you more in a deflationary market. Inflationary, great. We raise rents to keep up with inflation. We can do it and adjust things just like in business. We can raise prices. We can lower prices. We can make adjustments, right? That's the kind of stuff you should be looking at doing. And so, I mean, I've had so many people where, like I had one guy, he's a chiropractor out in San Diego. And he was like, hey, I want to just pay off all my debt. You know, he had an investment property in California, which I tell people if they're on the Western half of the United States and they have investment property, it's probably, they should probably sell it. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> the numbers that's are not, never usually good no, in those uh -uh. places. So he's making like, I think 200 bucks a month. He just told me, in fact, last week, he said that now his property is worth 750,000, but he only owes about 150,000. So he has mm -hmm. 600,000 of equity, but he makes only $200 a month. And I said, hey, if we sell that property, oh man, you, even if you paid massive costs or you sold it for cheaper, yes. you still get at least a half million that even if we made 10% on in, in buying other real estate or buying apartments, that's 50,000 a year versus 200 bucks a month. Right. And then no I said, kidding. and if you want, we could cash out money from your house because he had tons of equity in the house. Now, remember his goal. Here's the cool thing. Yeah, his exactly. goal was in six years, pay off both loans to then free it, to make an extra 4,000 a month, to free up 4,000 a month in expenses. Okay. Already, I'm like, sell that house. You'll make over 4,000 a month in passive yeah. income, not including all the growth of the assets. And then two, if we can get cash out of your house, then we could probably make at least another few thousand a month, even if we don't max pull it all out, just a little bit of that equity. Right. And you could do that too. And, and I was like, look, we can make you really within the next few, within the next year or two, a hundred thousand a year of passive income versus you hoping to make maybe 50,000 year freed up expenses by paying off your debt. Like right. it's such a drastic difference in life. And, uh, and that's, that's the freedom I want people to have the, the kind of, I've experienced where you can go snowbird in the winter. Like I just got back from Florida, you know, and mm -hmm. that's the pink flamingo in the background, you know, like, ah, good. <laughs> you know, like just to be able to take time and get away and say, oh yes, I can be free. I don't need to make that next paycheck. And by the way, if you're a business owner, the time when everybody wants to pay you money is when you don't need it. Yeah. It's when you need money, or you're desperate. People shy away. They're like, something yep. feels, something feels icky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels icky about that person. But your yeah. energy, when you're free, is powerful and people are attracted and drawn to you. And ironically, you end up making more money because you don't need the money. Right. I agree. Totally. I totally see that. I love it. Oh my gosh. We could talk forever, especially about Florida. We'll talk about that after we're done taping because <laughs> I just came back from there as well. I'm ready to go back. Me too. <laughs> Chris, I think you're fantastic uh, um, and great points. I think they're really valuable. And I, I, I think it's it's um, going to be really interesting as I, you know, finish this whole series and see what my listeners say because I think that's one of the common themes is 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 let's question the norm, you know, mm. and let's let's start to ask um, some deeper questions. Let's really, you know, look behind the curtains on how we're operating with our finances and see if we can, um, you know, get the courage to have make some more financial steps because you're right. I mean, even the the gentleman you're talking about you know, set up great, you know, thinks he's got it all, but the sense of trying, uh, of trying to eliminate just to have that less fear, as opposed to really taking a clear open look at everything in front of you and seeing what's there that's available. Mm -hmm. I think we might start to see things vastly different. So fantastic. Well, I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to find you right now, cause they can't wait to connect with you. What's the best way for them to find you? 
Two easy ways. One, you can either visit my site, moneyripples.com. That's R-I-P-P-L-E-S, right, dot com. Um, or you can go check out my podcast, The Chris Miles Money Show. It's on iTunes or wherever else you listen to. I love it. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, there's hope. Uh, I mean, even if people think, okay, am I really that close to having freedom? It's closer than you might think it is, but it does require a different way to see things. And when you see it differently, it's just like taking that that red pill, right? Or blue pill, whatever one it was in the matrix, right? When you <laughs> take that pill, it all of a sudden your eyes are open. You're like, wow, like there's a whole nother world here I didn't think was possible. And that freedom is worth it. Excellent. Chris, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.